Welcome back to The Cross Stands. I'm Father Bryce here with Jennifer Ely coming to you from Holy Cross in Morgan City. And today uh, we are moving through the creed and talking about God the Father. So we, we start off with this paragraph in the Catechism that's, that's literally entitled The Father, but it actually speaks mostly of, uh, of the Trinity. <laughs> and uh, well, why? Why is that? Well, because the Father is only revealed to us in the missions of the Son and the Holy Spirit, in particular uh, in, the, in the mission of, of the Son. So uh, all kinds of religions invoke God as Father. Um, that's, that's pretty common. Um, and that's true. God is Father in as much as He's the creator of the world. Um, but but there's something there's something more more than that. Right? If God is just the creator, then we are just his creatures. Mm-hmm. And we can say father in kind of an analogous sense, but not a real sense. We're just creatures. Yeah, almost and, like in a producing sense is he, that he is father is is how we see it creation in in just creation, mm-hmm. like you're saying. Yeah, so it's it's not any better than being a slave. Right. And so it's true. We are slaves of God. He created us, and we do what he what he wants us to do. That's how it works. But it's way more. It's mm. way more than that. It's it, well, we see in Israel already. God chose them. God elected them. God calls Israel my firstborn son. So God chose a people, and we can begin to see divine adoption. I said, "All right, you are you are mine." Now remember, God always desired that this particular relationship he had with Israel would be extended to the rest of the world, or all the rest of the world would come in to uh, come into Israel. But there was a there was a a process. You remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the divine pedagogy, how God reveals himself in stages. So first we see him as creator because we can't help but see him as creator. And then he reveals himself to Israel as he chooses this particular people. And then he sends his son. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to deliver from the law those who are subjected to the law. And so in Jesus, and here's what the Catechism said, that the Father is revealed by the Son. And so in Jesus, where the Father is revealed to us, and then through the grace of baptism, by the power of the Paschal mystery of our Lord, of his suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension, then we are able to become truly adopted sons and daughters of God. And that's what happens at baptism. That we become literally adopted as a child of God, and then then experience um, experience the love of the Father, and able to live in Jesus. And that's what Saint Paul says: we be we are in Christ. Saint John Paul II put it this way: He said, uh, "We become sons in the Son uh, as we live uh, under the fatherhood of God." Yeah, and and just. Uh kind of riffing off what you're saying about the how what christ's mission is how christ is um is sent by the father to redeem mankind but also to reveal the father um is the reason why we call him um the primordial sacrament um and christ is this sacrament because you know uh, a sacrament is a visible sign of an invisible reality or as the catechism puts it it's an efficacious sign um and so what that means is that it not only shows us something, like um, like a stop sign shows us that we must stop by law there, but it also shows us the reality as well. Um, 
So Christ as this primordial, this, this uh, central, this um, foundational sacrament shows us um, the love of the Father and shows us the, who the Father is to us. And that kind of also, I mean, we'll talk about this in, in a few minutes, um, but I get so excited about liturgical things, you know. It's, it's also, he is that um, sacrament by which we reach the Father and he is, um, he is the one, he is the, the person of the Trinity through whom we, um, we reach the Father in, in prayer. That no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the, no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal Him. Right. So I guess I guess then it makes sense that when the Catechism starts talking about the Trinity immediately, when it, the Church wants to talk about the Father, because mm-hmm. the only way we know the Father is be is, is as the Father is revealed in Jesus Christ. Right. And then the only way that we're in relation with the Father is through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to the Father. Right, through the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so since we have to talk about the Father um, relationally, we, we need to understand the dogma of the Trinity as best as we can. I mean, again, this is the central mystery of the Christian faith. Like, mystery being the operative word right there. Um, so we understand it as much as we can. But what we've gleaned from, you know, millennia of study and millennia of, you know, this revelation of himself from, from the Trinity um, is that the Trinity is one. We, we don't confess three gods. We confess one God in three persons. Um, the, the divine persons are distinct from, a, from, a, from one another. When I say, again, persons, not gods, plural. Um, it's, it's stated in um, Fides Damasi that God is one, but not solitary. Um, again, that relational aspect of who God is that we talked about last time, um, last time I was here. So the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father. No one, no one person is, this, is the other, and yet all are one God. Um, in three persons. And even each possesses the fullness of divinity. Right, exactly. Um, and then um, the last important part of, of, um, of this dogma of the Holy Trinity is that they are relative, the persons are relative to one another. Um, and what does that mean? That means that we talk about them in relational names. Now we know the name of Jesus as the second person of the Trinity, but also in his the fullness of his um, of his humanity. But when we're talking about the Trinity, we talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about them in relation their their names. What we call them? Well, I don't want to say names because it's not really a name. Yeah, but proper their, name is fine. Their titles of what we call them are all relational. Um, so um, what does a father do? Right. A f- Go ahead. A father generates or begets. And so that's what the father's always doing. From all eternity, he's begetting the son. And what does a son do? A son is begotten. So a father causes existence. A son receives existence. So from all eternity, we can even say this orthodoxly, that the father is causing the son from all eternity. But it's an eternal causing. It's not a temporal causing. And the son is receiving that causation or that that begetting is actually a better word from all eternity. And then the Father and the Son uh, 
uh, breathe forth the Holy Spirit or spirate the Holy Spirit. Hugh of St. Victor, I think that's who it was, uh, who said that it's like the, the Father is always pouring himself out in love to the Son. The Son in receiving that love is uh, pouring himself back out to the Father. And that love is the Holy Spirit. Mm. I'm saying that, so, and how, how do we know, like, how do we know that it works that way in the Trinity? Well, we know it works that way in the Trinity because that's how God has revealed himself to us in the world or, the, or in the divine economy, which is the fancy Greek word for it. So God, so the Father sends the Son, and then that, that's in the scriptures, right? the, the gospel shows that. And then Jesus himself says, the Father and I, I will go to the Father. And, then, and when Jesus goes to the Father, the Father and the Son both together send the Holy Spirit to us after, after the ascension. I mean, in other ways too, but in this particular way, after the ascension. So we see that um, the Spirit in the, in the Trinity is spirated from the Father and the Son. So those are the relations. Um, the Father begets, the Son is begotten, and the Holy Spirit is spirated, uh, is breathed forth from the Father and the Son. And what's beautiful is that when we know that, when we can learn that from the fathers, we can see that in the very first moments of creation, in the very first moments of Scripture that we read. And, and you know, it's that the, the Lord said, let Lord spoke. And just not even like what he spoke, but the Lord spoke. So the Father breathes forth the word. Um, and we can see that that Trinitarian relationship right off the bat. Um, go ahead. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the water. And, or the breath of God is another way to translate that Hebrew word, ruach. And God said... He said, doesn't matter what he said. Uh, God said, uh, who is it, John the Cross? Who says, God spoke only one word. Mm. And all he said, and we, it, it, it is um, irreverent for us to ask for another. Mm. God spoke everything he said in this one word. That word is person, uh, person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And how do you speak a word? Think about it this way. You can't speak a word without breath. Mm-hmm. You need breath to speak a word. So in this, in this image, as we approach understanding of the Trinity, God breathes and he speaks and he speaks his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and this, um, this understanding of what's proper to each person of the Trinity. Um, so we understand God is creator, God as father, um, uh, God, the son as being begotten, as being savior, as being sent mm-hmm. by, by the breath of the father, um, being sent in order to, well, redeem. not by the breath of the well, father. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's sent by the father. <laughs> Not sent by the um, Holy Spirit. By the, by the Father. Um, uh, and to send for, for this redemption, his, his, um, his work is the work of the Father. Um, and the power of the Holy Spirit being, what, what is, what is the, the proper, how do I say it properly, the, the uh, economic work of the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit sanctifies. The Holy Spirit is the giver of life. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what we say in the Creed. We'll talk about that at some point later. I <laughs> say the, the Lord and giver of life. So Lord, that mm-hmm. means God. Um, and uh, maybe perhaps we'll talk about why that is at some point. Oh. But uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is God, and he's the one that gives life. That right. Is. So all of these missions, all of these um these desires of the Trinity to, to, um, you know, come into the lives of men is, is made visible 
through liturgical practices and you knew I'd bring it back to this because this is where I live. Um, but you know, in, in paragraph 259 of this section that we're going through, it says that everyone who glorifies the Father does so through the Son in the Holy Spirit. And if that sounds familiar to you, it's because we say a variation of those words almost every single time we pray any part of the Mass. Um, sometimes when you're, if you pray the Liturgy of the Hours, that's how your um, closing prayer will be set up, is that we're praying to the Father through the power or through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we hear it in the collect, that beginning prayer of, uh, of the Mass. And then again, we hear it uh, very deeply in the Eucharistic prayer. And um, Father, you, as someone obviously who's celebrating this in, in persona Christi Capitis, mm-hmm. um, you probably have a really beautiful insight into this economic work of the Trinity. And yeah. actually, before we, before we dive into that, when we, we keep using this word economy. Uh-huh. Um, maybe we should talk a little bit about what that means basically just means God's work in the world okay. as opposed to how God is in himself mm-hmm. in, in the Trinity. Okay. It's actually, um, it means like ordering, like the, uh, the oikonomos was the guy who was in charge of making sure everything was going right in the house. Mm-hmm. The, the servants were doing the right thing and the money was right and, and so on and so forth. And so actually that gets, takes us back once more to the beginning of Genesis, mm-hmm. right? Where the, in the chaos and God brings order to the chaos. So the economy is God's reaching out and ordering the world in accord with, with his design. Okay. And obviously we see that very, very intently in liturgical practice, uh-huh. the ordering of the human oh, yeah. life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you tell us a little bit about your experience in so, the priesthood. So the liturgy is uh, the prayer of the son and his bride, the church. And um, well, that man leaves his father and mother and and cleaves to his bride, and the two become one flesh. And so the prayer of Jesus and the prayer of the church is the same thing because the church is the bride of Christ. And so uh, the prayers of the liturgy are are, are directed to the Father. So as um, it, there's a an instruction, there, there's this, um, there are instructions for praying the Mass, called the general instructions of Roman Missal. And in the instructions, it tells the priest, it says, uh, in the Eucharistic prayer, like, don't look at the people. <laughs> All right. It, it really, it, it says that. Why? Because I ain't talking to you, right? You and I together are talking to the Father. And I'm in the person of Christ. I'm acting in, like you said, in persona Christi Capitis, in the person of Christ ahead. And, and we're all together, the body of Christ, the church. So we're all like as Jesus, me in a particular way as the priest, um, but all of us together in another way by our baptism are all talking together to the Father. And the only way we can do that, the only way we can be in Christ, as St. Paul tells us we are by our baptism, and as I am in the person of Christ, the head in person of Christ, Capitis, by our nation, is in the Holy Spirit. That's why the, the, the Spirit is the, um, well, is the love that binds the community together. Not, not as if um, we're, you know, all holding hands and singing Kumbaya. Um, it's usually not a good idea to hold hands in the liturgy at all. And we're, but we're, we're, just, we're praying, uh, and the Holy Spirit is the bond that brings us together and lifts up like, our prayers um, through the Son uh, to the Father. Yeah, and, and when you mentioned St. Paul, it really reminded me of the, the beautiful passage where he says that we make up 
for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. That's not to say that there was anything lacking in the sacrifice of the cross, but we as the body of Christ, where, wherein you are standing in for um, the person of Christ, the head, we as the church, um, you know, we as the bride of Christ are stepping into that role of the body of Christ. And of course the head and the body are meant to work in conjunction with one another towards this effort of salvation, um, which, you know, again, is we, we participate in it. We don't affect it ourselves. Um, that's obviously the job of Christ, Christ, the head, Christ, um, Jesus Christ himself. Um, but we're meant to participate in it. We're meant to form ourselves to that sacrifice and, and be, um, engulfed in it and to, um, combine our own sacrifices, our own sufferings with that suffering of Christ, um, also our joys and also, you know, the beautiful things of our lives, because those are also a gift. Those are also, um, a beautiful, uh, offering to the Lord. And, you know, we see that, uh, very sacramentally in many different parts of the mass. You know, we, we hear, and I, I was struck today, I went to mass for the, um, for the solemnity of, uh, the Theotokos, Mary, mother of God today. And I was just struck when we were standing for the gospel, like, of the fact of that, you know, that image of the father spiring the word, um, the father breathing the word, because that's exactly what's happening from the ambo. That word of God is, is living, is active. Um, we're hearing, we're hearing Christ himself speak, even if it's the old Testament, even if it's the Psalms, because he is the fullness of the word of God. The contemplative pause doesn't work as well. <laughs> it just sounds like we're confused. <laughs> otherwise, we must remember then to receive. It is the 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 job, the glory, the privilege of the bride, right? To receive the gift of of the bridegroom. Well, what is the purpose of the liturgy? The glorification of God and the sanctification of man, and. So we, we, we've got to allow ourselves to be sanctified. We've got to let the word penetrate our hearts. We have to let the beauty of the rites penetrate our hearts. And that way, then we can sing the song of praise to the, back to the Father. Uh, we can sing uh, with Jesus to the Father. We can sing as, as the bride, the church, to Jesus, to Jesus, the bridegroom. And then it, at the, the very end of the Eucharistic prayer, the the um the last part is through him and with him and in him o god almighty father in the unity of the holy spirit all glory and honor is yours forever and ever amen but we got to remember that we don't the only things that we bring to god are the things that he's already given to us mm. right? it's like a, like a little kid right who um gets I don't know, paper and markers and stuff from from your parents to then draw a picture to then give back to your parents. Mm -hmm. And it's it's all from him, even existence. We talked about this at some point in the past. Right? God is existence itself. Existence itself. So the only way that we exist is because God is thinking of us right now. And so we receive all that God gives to us and then we united with the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, which gives it merit. And we offer all of that back yeah. to the Father. 
Yeah, there's there's one. I'm I'm sure it's in multiple Eucharistic prayers, but there's one in particular that my sister actually pointed out to me. It says, um, "We you know we offer this. I'm I'm not sure what the exact words are. Which is itself your gift mm -hmm. um, that we offer just right back to the Father." Mm -hmm. That's it. I think. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, I mean it's it's so. It seems like it's not a lot, and yet it's everything to speak about, you know, who the Father is and his gifts to us. Um, but it's it's all relational when we're speaking about him. And so when we, we will get to talk about him a little bit more, um, or you will get to talk about him a little bit more when you talk about, like, God the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. Um, but essentially who he is is just, it's all, it's all about the relationship. That's how we begin to um begin to understand the father well so let's uh let's pray then i'll say the first half you say the second half uh this prayer that the lord gave us to express that sounds good our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 